Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like biblical advice on or counsel on, as well as uh, we're here to pray for your prayer requests. So if you have anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you, and we'd love to uh, study the scriptures with you. So if you have any questions about the Bible, things like that, we would love for you to give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 336 0897. That's 720 We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in up and down the front range of Colorado and to southern Wyoming on Grace FM. So glad that you're here with us today. You're here in the show live. And we also want to greet those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. Just a reminder that those of you listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. But I would love for you to call in, and then you'll get to uh, listen to yourself. You have a new, unique opportunity where you can tune in uh, to the radio a week later, and you can hear yourself on the radio. You can tell your friends to tune in and all that. But just a reminder for you guys that you're hearing the show on a one-week delay, but we would love for you to call in and let us pray for you and tell us um, what you're struggling with when it comes to reading the Bible, things that you would like some help with, things like that. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Here at the beginning of the show is always one of the best times to call in because this is when we have open lines as we wait for those uh, lines to fill up with callers. Um, just a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Katie. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And um, our church meets on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. in downtown Longmont. And if you are in the Longmont area or in uh, some of the surrounding towns, we would love to have you join us um, for worship and the word on Sunday morning. If you know people in this area, do send them our way. We'd love to meet them. We'd love to worship with you. You know, we have some great things happening at our church right now. Just a really vibrant time uh, at Whitefields. God's doing a good work. And so we're excited about it. And we'd love for other people to be a part of what God's doing. You can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. So we meet every Sunday morning. Our church is located in downtown Longmont. At uh, The address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue. But that is just on Longs Peak Avenue, which is uh, right downtown. And we're one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street. And if you know where the downtown park and ride is in downtown Longmont, we're just to the south of that in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is right on the 
corner of Roosevelt Park. And so we're right downtown and really in the heart of the city, and we would love for uh, you to come worship with us if you haven't done so yet. Um, whitefieldschurch.com, that's our website, and you can find directions. You can listen to some of our past messages on there. And I'm your host every Monday here on Calvary Live, but of course today is not Monday, today is Wednesday. This past Monday, uh, for those of you who are listening live, it, it was Labor Day, and so we didn't have, um, we didn't have a show this past Monday. Uh, and I spent this past weekend because I knew that I would have to do the show on Monday. Um, my family and I, we spent the past weekend up in Vail, and I spoke at Calvary Chapel Vail Valley. And uh, Pastor Mike, our worship pastor, spoke here in uh, Whitefields here in Longmont. And it was a, it was a good Sunday all around. It's my son's birthday, so we were up in Vail for the, for the whole three-day weekend and got to spend time with that amazing church up there. And then we got to spend some time in the mountains as a family. It was really good. But I'm uh, excited to be filling in today for Pastor Ed. Pastor Ed is in Europe right now visiting some missionaries. And so I am filling in for him today. But usually I'm your host on Mondays. Um, and you can also hear me here on Grace FM. We have a show that airs every weekday called Life in the Field. It airs every weekday at 2.30 p.m. And also on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So for some reason you are not in church on Sunday morning, you can tune in to Grace FM and you can hear our service at 10 a.m. Uh, on this channel for those of you who are listening on Grace FM. But uh, let's go to our first caller. Let's go to Derek in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Derek. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Um, calling for a prayer request um, for uh, my girlfriend and I in our relationship. Um, and just kind of some of the, the spiritual battles and spiritual headwinds, um, that we're going through. Um, I have a very strong relationship, uh, with God and, um, her not so much. She grew up in the church. She's kind of, I guess you could describe kind of like a prodigal, um, believes in Jesus, says that she does, but doesn't really have, um, God ruling and reigning in her heart and in her life, and um, and it's you know there's there's uh, spiritual battles and and, and difficulties um, within a relationship, and I just like that in prayer. Yeah, absolutely. How'd you guys uh, end up getting together? Uh, through work, um, we worked together briefly. Um, became friends. We have a a great friendship. We get along so well. Um, but, uh, yeah, later, about two years later, after working together, we um, kind of hit it off, and it's been great. Um, but there's there's struggles. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it's difficult to, you know, feel, feel love and, and a desire to be with someone, but um, you know, also have that, you know, where Paul says, don't be unequally yoked. And, right. and I, I see why he says that. There's a, there's a lot of struggles that come along with that. Um, and it's very difficult. It's, it is a spiritual battle. Um, you know, it, it, in some sense of the word, it's almost like I'm on mission and I'm walking through life with her and, um, trying to get her to kind of see 
see the things of God and kind of open her eyes. And, yeah, you know, there's just that, that internal battle within her heart where God desires more of her heart and for her to relinquish control. But, you know, as humans, we're so prone to, to saying, no, I got this. I, I don't need any help. And, um, Derek, do you guys and, and have I think a, hard. do you have a church huh? that you go to together? Yeah, we do. Um, okay, that's good. And get, you know, she's, she's a little more reluctant, but you know, she loves and respects me and she, she sees that I pour out love on her and, even though she's a little reluctant, um, we we go to church together, and you know, I, I feel like God has uh, given me a vision over the last couple months that I'm just kind of watering and tilling the hard soil of her heart. Yeah. Um, and it it's worked. It's hard. It's you know, there's those times where it's difficult, and and the easy thing to do is. Just not go there. Don't mm-hmm. you know? That's too difficult. Don't go there. But the Holy Spirit just constantly, you know, says, "Hey, I'm here. Let's yeah. go there. We need to address this. We can't go un unspoken, or you know, we can't just brush this under the rug." And sure. and in that, um, you know, she she sees how much love and respect I have for her, and I really think it is softening her heart, but. Yeah, well, that's good. Let, let's pray for your Heart. girlfriend uh, and for your, um, you know, as you're saying, these struggles that you're having. You know, one scripture that comes to mind, and it's probably just because this is the section that I'm going to be teaching this coming Sunday, but mm-hmm. it comes from First Thessalonians chapter 5, and here's what he says. You know, of course, he's writing to Christians, and it sounds like, it sounds like your girlfriend is a Christian, just that she's not totally uh, in the same place that you are spiritually. But here's, yeah. here's what it yeah. says. We urge you, brothers, to admonish the idol. And uh, I found this, this really interesting. It says, admonish the idol. That word that's translated idol in Greek literally means somebody who is absent from their job, like somebody who's not, you know, no call, no show to work. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a sense in which, you know, he's speaking to Christians about other Christians and saying, you know, have that ad- admonition that calls them. And I, I would say this not in a scolding kind of way, right? It but calls a conviction. Them. Yeah, but it calls them to something better, something greater, right? To the yeah. to what God has called them to. And then encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. And so maybe, you know, that's a word for you and your girlfriend. The other thing that just comes to mind, you know, today is uh, today's actually my wedding anniversary, 15 years mm-hmm. today. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, but, you know, when I was just kind of reflecting this morning on, you know, our marriage and I remember one of the things when we, we were praying about getting married or not, I remember someone gave me some good advice and they said, you know, there are really three areas where you want to be on the same page and you want to feel that you're compatible with this person. Mm-hmm. And the first one is spiritually. You know, you want to feel that you're on the same page spiritually. And, uh, you know, my wife and I are so thankful that we have that. I'd say that's maybe the driving force in our marriage is that we're on the same page spiritually. We both want the same things and and we seek the lord and that's really been you know the hugest blessing in our lives and then of course the physical aspect and the intellectual aspect if you you know you want to make sure that you're on the same page in all three areas so um yeah maybe i would say keep intellectually and physically we're we're very compatible and we <laughs> we love spending time with each other and and it's just very natural it's just 
yeah, I, I, I desire to to be able to discuss and share these deeper spiritual things with her, and and it's like I'm speaking another language sometimes, and she's just, you know, I wonder, I wonder, you know, pray that God opens her eyes and yeah. shows shows himself to her in a in a bigger way that she can really grasp hold of and, and hold on to. For sure. Well, let's pray for you and. Um, and your girlfriend, your relationship. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for Derek. We thank you for his heart to walk with you and to know you and to um, and to have his girlfriend, this person he cares so much about, to her, for have her also know you and and to share that with her. And um, Lord, I pray that really you would do that work in her heart. That there would be a breakthrough, Lord. That there would be an opening of her eyes. There'd be a softening of her heart. And I, I do thank you, Lord, that she's willing to go to church, albeit reluctantly, that she's willing to have these kind of conversations with Derek. Lord, I pray that your word, and um, as she hears it, Lord, I thank you for this promise that it, it never comes back void. It never doesn't accomplish the thing you sent it to do. So, Lord, I pray that the seed of your word would go deep in her heart, that it would be watered, and, Lord, that you would cause it to bear much fruit in her life, Lord, that she would um, really come to know you in a deep way, and that this could be that third aspect that that where it's not just there but it's that they're on the same page they're wanting and pursuing the same thing and so lord, i pray that you would do that work and i pray lord you'd strengthen derek and his girlfriend in the midst of spiritual battles help them to recognize them for what they are as paul says to the thessalonians i don't want you to be or to the ephesians i don't want you to be ignorant about these things and lord so this is a important thing that we need to be aware of so i pray that you'd help them in those things and strengthen them and we pray that in jesus name Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Well, God bless you, Derek. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you. And uh, give us a call, hey, when uh, when things turn around. You know, give us the praise report. We yeah, hear the... yeah, I will. Awesome. Definitely. Thank you. God bless you. All right, bye bye. Okay. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got one open line. The number to call three zero three. 690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the program. How are you doing? Thank you for inviting me. I have a Wait. question that concerns me about Esau and um, Jacob. Okay. Um, they say that Jacob deceived his brother, but in the Bible it says that... Uh, Esau asked his brother to um, make a meal for him, and if he did, he would give him his birthrights. So when he did that, he gave up his birthrights. So I don't understand how he deceived him. Yeah, I I don't think that's the deception part as much as the, what he did to his father. You know that he absolutely yeah he put the wool over his, his eyes. But yeah, before that happened, Esau told him, "If you cook for me, he was hungry. You make this for me, I will give you my birthrights." Right, so he caught him in a in a moment of weakness, and I don't think that we can excuse uh, Esau or say that it's not his fault that he did what he did, you know. But definitely, Jacob caught him in a moment of weakness, and we see that uh, Esau was pretty angry about that. And in fact, I find it interesting that later on in the book of Genesis, you know how Esau runs away from. I'm sorry, Jacob runs away. His mom tells him, "Hey, Jacob, you know you need to get out of town because Esau is basically gonna." get revenge and maybe kill you and there's this time later on in genesis um 32 and 33 
So 32 is when he's anticip- Jacob's anticipating Esau coming for him because he gets word that Esau's coming for him and he's got all these people with him, almost like a small army, and they're coming to meet him. And it says he's afraid. That's when he has that dream where he wrestles with God. And in chapter 3, Esau arrives and Jacob's like, all right, this guy is literally just going to kill me with his small army. And what Esau does is he comes and he, he embraces his brother. And it shows that he's forgiven him. And, uh, you know, you could ask, what has he forgiven him for? Well, you know, Esau, do you really have a right to be mad at Jacob for, you know, kind of getting you in a moment of weakness to give up your birthright? It's still Esau's fault. And honestly, I think that that is kind of the point of why, you know, we always ask this question, why did God choose Jacob and not Esau? Now, there's several aspects to it, right? There's the aspect of the fact that throughout the Bible, God tends to choose the second, the weaker son, right? The second son instead of the first. He goes against the general order of how things tended to work in the ancient world. He chooses the lesser over the greater, the weaker over the stronger. And this is all, you know, foreshadowing Jesus, who, of course, would have victory through weakness, right? Um, And it shows that God, you know, doesn't choose people based on the way that we choose people. He chooses people based on his own will and decision. But it is it is interesting, you know, that in retrospect, sometimes we look at the things that God has done and we say, okay, well, we know that God didn't choose Jacob because he was better by any means. But there is a difference that we can see between Jacob and Esau, and that is that Jacob wanted that blessing, didn't he? Well, his mother is the one who told him to do that when she uh, told him to go out and get the lamb and and, uh, cut him up and cut the skin off him and put it on him. Right. Put it on him away and put it, wrapped him with it. So the father was half blind, and he felt them, and he deceived the father, of course, by saying that, yes. And that was but a deceit, says, but I can't understand how his brother could be mad at him when he uh, asked him, you know, told him, make me food, you know, give me the food, the porridge, whatever he's making them, right. and I would give you my birthrights. But another thing with that there, when the mother did that, she loved, I guess she favored him. She favored um, Jacob. Well, the whole and thing she was told him to, to leave because of the brother, but uh, he never even got to see her after he left because she died before he uh, returned to see her. Right. So the whole thing is, first of all, dysfunctional, right? Mom favors the one son, dad favors right, the other right, son. Right, right, right. But here's the other thing. I guess this was my point from earlier, is that it says in other places in the Bible that Esau despised his birthright. In other words, he didn't value it. He, and, you know, what that birthright represented wasn't just like that he gets an inheritance. I mean, this is the chosen family, and they know that they're the chosen family. They know that through their line, God is going to bring redemption into the world. And and so essentially, right, it's it the line is going and Esau forfeits his role in God's plan in order so that he could get a bowl of soup because he's hungry. I agree with you. I don't think that Esau has really any right to be angry, um, you know, beyond the part where, you know, Jacob is a hunter. Well, then Jacob then goes in and, and deceives his father, you know, with his mom and all that. Of yeah, course, right. he can be angry about that. But at the end of the day. Esau gave up his own birthright, and it says uh, that he despised his birthright. In other words, he didn't value the blessing of God. He didn't value this uh, what it meant to be part of this chosen, redemptive line. And Jacob did. You know, for all his other faults, uh, which he had many, uh, Jacob at least cared. And I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's a big takeaway from the story. 
Yeah, now let me ask you this question. Now, there were two brothers. One stayed in Israel. The other went to, uh, the, you know, to, to the east. So that they became Iraq and Iran, his, his tribe? Is that part of his tribe? Is that Esau's tribe, Iraq and Iran? Well, I wouldn't say that. Um, yeah, I'm not actually sure who, you know, who ends up going there. So Iraq, remember, Iraq's kind of a created nation that was uh, formed after the British mandate. And so uh, if you're talking about, like, ancient peoples, we would say the peoples who lived in the area of northern Iraq were called the Assyrians, and the people who lived in what's now Iran were the Persians. Um, yeah, I'd have to actually look into the whole table of nations and how those nations were formed, but I'm not positive that they were formed out of... Um, out of they both the, came out of the Isaac, so I mean, they're, they're two sons, and one went to the east and the other stayed here. Okay. Yeah, so you answered a lot of my questions. I appreciate that. And it'd be nice if you did find that out. But I'd like to ask you for prayer for my okay. wife, who's suffering with Alzheimer's, a little dementia. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. I'd like you to, you know, let's pray for the world, uh, for world peace. Okay. It's going to, to bless us with world peace and uh, with the, the trouble that's going on around here. Yeah. What's your wife's name, Joe? My last name is Fior Delisa. No, no, sorry, your wife's name. Oh, my wife. <laughs> What's your last name? No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. My wife's name is Rita. Rita. Okay, well, let's pray for Rita, Joe. Let's do that. Okay, thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Joe and for him being a student of the Word, for him wanting to, to know your Word and through your Word to know you better. And Lord, I pray for his wife, Rita, uh, suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. I know how difficult that must be for her. To, to be losing these memories and to not be thinking clearly. But I also can imagine it must be difficult for Joe to care for her. Uh, Lord, I pray you give Joe a lot of patience towards her, a lot of grace, Lord, um, and just a lot of love. Lord, just as you love us, even though we have uh, very little to offer to you, Lord, I pray that you would fill him with that kind of love for his wife, that it would be a, a giving, a sacrificial love that just uh, expresses love through uh, pouring out towards her. And, Lord, I do pray that you would bring clarity where there is uh, confusion. I pray that you'd bring uh, remembrance. Uh, help her, Lord, in these times. Be with her. And I pray that she would sense, even if she can't remember other things, Lord, I pray that she would know you and that she would sense your presence there with her. So, Lord, we pray that you give these guys a lot of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm praying. Thank you, and may God bless you and your ministry, Calvary Chapel, okay? Awesome. Listen to the word all the time, and... Uh, God bless you, and thank you for your help. Awesome. Hey, Joe, can I ask you real quick, where are you at in New Jersey? Williamstown. Okay. Well, I'm going to New miles uh, outside of Atlantic City. All right, cool. Hey, I'm going to New Jersey for, uh, well, I've been there before, but I'm going to New Jersey in just a couple of weeks. I'll be up in Howell at a great church up there called Cornerstone Calvary Chapel. So. Howell? Where's that at? Uh, it's near Trenton. So oh, you're up there. by Trenton. Okay, yeah. that's a distance. Cool. Well, hey, uh, Joe, well, you thanks. you going to minister there? I'm going to be doing a conference. I'm actually, I'll talk about the conference just now. Actually, I'll keep you on the line, and I'll tell everybody about the conference. And uh, so for those of you in the New Jersey area, I'd love for you to uh, join me. Um, it, we are doing a conference. I'm part of a group called Expositors Collective, and so I'm on the leadership of this Expositors Collective, and we do uh, two-day training events, and we do them in different places throughout the country. We've done 
I believe five so far. Our last one was in San Diego in April, and now we're going to the East Coast. We're doing one in Howell, New Jersey, just uh, you know, just outside of Trenton, so near Philadelphia, also near um, Newark, you know, kind of south of Newark, uh, not too far from Atlantic City, I guess. But um, Howell, New Jersey, we're going to be there, and it's a two-day event. It is for uh, people aged 18 to 34, men and women who feel a calling to preach and teach the Word of God. And over the course of these two days, we'll have a, a whole team of pastors and leaders uh, who have years of ministry under their belts who will be pouring into you, teaching you, kind of letting you see, you know, what are the things that we would have wanted people to teach us when we were, um, when we were getting started in ministry. And so uh, for more information, go to expositorscollective.com. That's expositorscollective.com. But this What's is coming up. Expositors? Uh, expo expositing means to explain the scriptures. Oh, to, literally okay. means to expose the scriptures. So okay. uh, for anybody interested in that, it's September 20th and 21st at Cornerstone Calvary My Chapel birthday. in Howell, New Jersey. My birthday awesome. is the 21st, yeah. Well, happy birthday, Joe. Thanks for calling yeah. in, and God bless you. Uh, may God bless you and your ministry. Thank All you. Bye-bye. Right, You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. 3,000. Let's go to our next caller, Lori in Baltimore. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the program. Okay, we might have lost Lori. Let's go to our next caller, Michelle in Maryland. Hi, Michelle. Welcome Hello. to the program. Hello. Hey, Taylor. How are you doing? This is Pastor <laughs> Nick Katie. How are you doing? Uh, okay, I'm, excuse me. I'm sorry. Pastor Katie. No worries. Thank I you know you're here. I'm kind of listening on the um, Calvary Live about depression. Okay, I'm on medication, and I have a whole bag of pills, but they're already prescribed the same. And you talk about depression. Um, I was inwardly getting depressed about a matter with my landlord and rental office putting court papers on my door when I was paying my rent. And my mother and I had to go take another $200 at the uh, court. Uh, not the court, but the rental office said I didn't pay a rent, and then uh, I got blessed to the church, and I gave the money to the lady, and I questioned her at the office, me and my mother was there, and it's been wearying me, and um, I'm looking at the book of Job in chapter 3, about the scripture, chapter 3, verse 17, there the wicked cease from trouble, and there the weary be at rest, and um I need prayer for God protecting me because I live by myself. And I, my mother was there to vouch for me with this situation for this financial. I've been overcharged by the landlord, and the lady was telling me this and telling me that. And she was trying to evade everything I was saying to her. And the manager, he's gone. Another manager stepped in. But can you ask God to lay his hand on him to give me favor where I can give you funny back my money? For sure. I'm going to have to cut you off yeah. now and, and pray for you now because we're coming up on our break. So I okay. want to make sure that we can do that before we go to our break. So let me pray for you now. Heavenly Father, I pray for Michelle, and I uh, hear her heart. Lord, she's just struggling with depression, weariness, financial troubles. 
Lord, I pray that you would be with her, that you provide for her. Lord, I pray that truly you would give her rest that goes beyond her circumstances, really rest that goes, uh, peace that goes beyond understanding and rest that goes beyond her circumstances. Lord, that uh, work beneath our work, right? The, uh, the real rest that we need deep down inside that, that enables us to even go through difficult times and yet have peace. Lord, I pray that you would give that to her. I pray that you would help her, Lord, to uh, see the hope that she has in you, Jesus, and that hope would be something she experiences every day as she walks with you. But I do pray that you give her favor in regard to the uh, collection and debtors, and Lord, pray that you'd give her joy and strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Michelle. Thank Thanks you. for calling in. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie. We have all open lines right now, and we're going to our break. So over the next two minutes, give us a call, and we'll get you on right after the break. The number to call is 303-690-3000. or text us 720-336-0897. We'll be back in two minutes' time with Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or hear a biblical viewpoint on. And if you have prayer requests, we would love to hear from you so that we can pray for you on the air. So give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Hey, while I've got you here, let me take the opportunity to personally invite you to the church that I pastor, we'd love to have you come worship with us this Sunday or any Sunday. Our church meets at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings in downtown Longmont. Our address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue, and we are right on the corner, the northwest corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Streets, right in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So we're just on the edge of Roosevelt Park in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. Our website where you can find directions and you can find uh, service times and all that good stuff that you need to prepare your visit is uh, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And uh, you can also hear me every weekday at 2.30 p.m. on our, our daily radio show, as well as Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And hey, something you can be praying about for our church, just a few things uh, that are going on. One great thing is that we, we, you know, we've been saving for um, to buy a building, pretty, you know, dedicated building for our church for uh, a couple of years now. And right now we have two properties we're looking at, and they both seem viable for our church. We're going to be talking to some architects and probably making a bid within the next couple of weeks. So if you could pray for that, that God would give us wisdom for which one to choose and where to go and all that stuff, that would be great. We'd love it if you would. Pray for us. Another great thing going on here at Whitefields, we are starting up our um, community groups. So we do community groups in 10-week blocks three times a year, and we're starting that up in the next couple of weeks. So if you are in 
the Longmont area or in any of the surrounding towns. We have groups all the way from Berthoud, kind of through Longmont all the way down into Erie. And if you would like to find a way that you can get involved, these groups are, you know, you'll be meeting with other Christians, studying the Bible and praying every week. It's a really great way to grow as a disciple of Jesus. And check out our website and just click the tab for community groups there at whitefieldschurch.com. You can sign up online there at whitefieldschurch.com. Another great thing we got going on is the School of Ministry starting up soon. Um, we are going to be running some great classes. One is a class on, it's called Christocentricity. It's about Christocentric hermeneutics, which might sound like a kind of a foreign theological language, but it's really not. All it means is it's a way of reading the Bible in which we understand that every verse in every place tells the story of Jesus. It's part of the big story. The Bible together tells one story, the story of Jesus. And so it's a way of reading the Bible and reading the Old Testament that points us to Jesus. So we call it uh, Christ in all of Scripture is another way that we put it. And if you're interested in signing up for that class, or we have other classes starting up soon, a uh, church history class as well, um, you can check all that stuff out on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our next caller. Dalton in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Dalton. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great. What's up? I just wanted to uh, ask for a prayer request real quick. Uh, my buddy Scott, uh, he's actually a really good friend of mine, uh, was diagnosed with brain cancer a while ago. Hmm. Um, he's gone through two treatments, essentially, and uh, as of recently, he's had a few seizures um, and went and got an, uh, was hospitalized, and they tried to do an MRI, and it was kind of inconclusive due to the swelling of his brain. And then last week he had another MRI after some medication, and I um, uh, got the results today saying that the mass is still there. Um, and so they're kind of trying to talk about uh, different ways to try to beat this uh, holistically in a way, mm -hmm. uh, because I think he's maxed out in radiation that he can take oh, wow. uh, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if we could just keep him in the spread, uh, keep him in our prayers and uh, um, just that he keeps his head up. He called me today and he's, uh, uh, he's a very positive guy and he wasn't very upbeat today. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's definitely wearing on him. So, Yeah. Can I ask, is your friend, does he know the Lord? Is he a believer? Yes, he is. He okay. actually uh, helped me find my way. Oh, praise the Lord. That's awesome, man. Hey, let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, we pray for Dalton's friend. And Lord, we know that um, cancer, Lord, is something that we deal with in this life. But it's one of those things where we say, this is how things are, but it's not how they should be. And Lord, we know that you yourself, you see cancer and you're, you're heartbroken over it. In fact, uh, you're so upset by it. I, I recall, Lord, in uh, John chapter 11, when you came face to face with death in the person of your friend Lazarus, Lord, it says there that you were you were angry, and, and one of the ways that that verse can even be translated is that when you encountered sickness and death, uh, you it even says that there was a growl, like a, a guttural a reaction, Lord, and that just shows us how you share in that feeling of feeling that, that death, that sickness, these things are foreign, they're wrong, they're not what you created us for, they're a result of the fallenness of the creation that we live in. And so, Lord, I thank you, first of all, that you have come and defeated sin, death, and the devil, and that one day uh, there will be no more cancer. There will be no more pain. I thank you that Dalton's friend knows you. And, Lord, I pray that as he knows you, Lord, that you would give him confidence uh, and hope 
even in the midst of this difficult circumstance, Lord, that he would have the confidence of knowing that you are the resurrection and the life. And though we die, Lord, in you, we will live forever cancer-free and, uh, and, and in perfect joy. So, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage him with that knowledge. But I also, Lord, I ask uh, in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask in your name that you would take away this cancer, Lord, that you'd heal him and uh, that you'd be with him during this time, that he would sense your presence, just like with Paul, where Paul said, you know, that you spoke to him and told him that your strength is made perfect in his weakness. And so, Lord, I pray that that would be the case in Dalton's friend's life, or that you would strengthen him, you'd use him. And, uh, and Lord, may he be a, a powerful witness as he trusts in you, as he knows how much that he might not have a lot of time left, but he's choosing to use it the way that he does. Lord, I pray that you'd use him as a powerful witness. And uh, thank you for Dalton and his friendship with this friend of his. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen them both and give them courage and hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. God bless you, Dalton. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got one open line. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to our next caller, Jim in Longmont. Hi, Jim. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Thank you very much. Um, just a quick question. I wonder why Christ says, "Where two or more gathered in my name, there am I also." How about just one person? I mean, I know he's there, but why does he start with two instead of where one or more gathered? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I'll tell you, you know, I think that there is a really important theme that we see throughout the Bible. And that is this, that the dwelling place of God is not in special buildings, but the dwelling place of God is in the congregation. And this is a theme that we see from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, right? Like we see it in... uh, in first and second Samuel where, you know, God tells David, he says, Hey, you know, I'm a God. I don't dwell in buildings made with human hands, right? Like I'm the God of all the universe. We see it in the book of acts, right? Where it says that, Hey, you know, this God doesn't dwell in buildings made with human hands. But then we see like Paul going one step further in second Corinthians, or sorry, in first Corinthians chapter three and chapter six, where he says, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy spirit. Now what's interesting, right? Is that in English, we use the word you, for both the first, uh, second person singular and the second person plural, right? Unless you live in Texas and then you say y'all, or you live in New Jersey and you say (laughs) use guys, right? So um, that's a problem for us when we read the Bible, though, because unless you get out your Greek lexicon, it's really difficult to know immediately, is this uh, speaking to more than one person? Meaning all you all together are the temple of the living God, Or does it mean that you as an individual are the temple of the living God? Now, I would say this, that we live in the most individualistic society that has ever existed in the history of the world, and that's even more so in the Western United States. And I, I know so many people who would say this, that, you know, I am the temple of the living God, and basically I don't need anybody else. Like if anybody else comes along and I get along with them, then okay, cool, but I don't need them. And I think that that's actually antithetical to what the Bible would say, that you can't be a city on a hill by yourself, right? So why does Jesus call us a city? Well, because you can't be a city by yourself. And I would actually argue that I don't think you can be the temple uh, 
by yourself. I think that in a sense, yes, the Holy Spirit dwells within us as individuals. But when this image of the temple is used, both in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and then in 1 Peter, it's always spoken of in regard to um, the body of believers. And they come, we come together to become his temple and he dwells in our midst. And so it just, I, I guess what I'm saying is, um, is he, an, is he, can we experience God as individuals? Yes, but that is not what we're designed for ultimately. We should, it's eschewing this idea of individualism that is so prevalent in our culture and saying, no, you need each other. Christianity and walking with God is not something that you should or ought to or perhaps even can do on your own. It is something which must be done in community with the people of God. Excellent explanation. Thank you very much. My pleasure. If you would please, um, I will let you go, but if you would please pray for Shirley and Dee, both uh, friends of mine, and they both have cancer. Oh, okay. Well, I'll pray for them, but I'll let you go off the line, and then I'll pray for them. Thank you, Nick. God bless you, Jim. Thanks for calling in. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. All, right. All right, let's do that. Let's pray for Shirley and Dee. So, Heavenly Father, we lift up to you Shirley and Dee, uh, clearly you know, precious sisters in the Lord who are struggling with cancer. Just as we pray for Dalton's friend before this, Lord, we pray for Shirley, pray for Dee. Lord, firstly, we ask that you would cleanse their bodies of um, this this wicked cancer, Lord, this thing that is in them. Uh, and on the other hand, Lord, we also ask that you pray, or sorry, we ask that you be with them. We pray that you be with them during this time. We pray that you'd strengthen them. And just like Paul prayed, Lord, when he prayed that you would remove that thorn of flesh and you told him, no, I won't because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Lord, I pray that that would be the case, that surely indeed would experience your strength in their weakness um, in a greater way. Lord, that you use this time that they have left, whether they will be healed of this cancer or not. Lord, we pray that you, you would use this time that they have left to use them for your mission, for your glory, Lord, they might be conduits of your love to this world and we pray this in jesus name amen just one last thought before we go on to our next caller on uh, something jim said you know there's an amazing quote by sinclair ferguson i'm going to try and look it up for you but i love what sinclair ferguson said on this very topic that we were talking about with jim about how the christian life isn't meant to be lived on your own and sinclair ferguson i'm going to look it up for you and it said he basically said this he said you know the church is not something if you read the Bible, the church isn't designed to be something that we um, get saved and then join the church, kind of like we join a, um, a, a club or like a self-help group or, you know, some kind of support group. Now, he said the, the church, to become a Christian is to be brought into the church. And, um, okay, I think I've got this quote for you. Here you go. I found it. Here it is. Sinclair Ferguson, he said, We are not saved individually and then choose to join the church as if it were some club or support group. Rather, Christ died for his people, and we are saved when by faith we become part of the people for whom Christ died. And I thought that was uh, just right on. I mean, it's so good. And, um, and then I found another quote by an, another theologian named Simon Chan, and here's what he said. He said, In the West, we Christians have a very weak sociological concept of the church and this has two negative consequences first the church tends to be seen 
as essentially a service provider which caters to the needs of the individual Christian, rarely are individuals thought of as existing for the church. When the church is seen as existing for the individual, the focus of ministry is on how individuals' needs can be met by the church. But when individuals are seen as existing for the church, the focus shifts from individual needs to the common life in Christ and how we as the one people of God fulfill God's ultimate purpose for the universe, which is to glorify and enjoy God forever. Now, I realize that was a little bit of a long quote, but I think that's really uh, a powerful concept. And I, I, it's challenged me to ask the question, as a believer, do I exist? Does the church exist to serve me and meet my needs? Or do I exist to serve the body of Christ and carry out the mission of God? And I have to say, without question, the biblical view would be the latter of those two. And so I think it's a real paradigm shift that we need to have. As And, and that's what Christianity does, right? It challenges us to, you know, we, we're swimming in this cultural water and thinking that so many things are normal. And the Bible comes along and says, hey, what you think is normal that's not normal. Like, that's not what God wants. That's not the best that he has. He has something even better. And I think that's the case when it comes to individualism and the life of the people of God. So, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. We have two open lines. We'd love to hear from you and pray for you, answer some questions from the Bible. And you can also text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Levi, in Colorado Springs. Hi, Levi. Welcome to the program. Hello, sir. Hi, can you hear me? I can. All right, cool. I'm, I'm just driving through a thunderstorm right now. Uh, I was calling because I, I was asking for prayer for one of my friends. Um, I've known him for a couple of years now, and uh, I first met him. He was on probation, and... He was uh, an ex-heroin addict, still struggling with addiction, of course, and uh, he is now off of probation, and uh, he slipped up a couple of times, and I I just want to, I wanted to reach out because I, I didn't know how else to reach out besides prayer, yeah. and, you know, I just don't want anything to happen to him. Absolutely. And I, I feel like that... The road he's facing is a, is a strong and hard road coming up. So, well, let's pray for him. You know, you know, Levi. Just one thought as we do that. You know, sometimes you hear people say, um, "You know, all I can do is pray for you." Well, that's that's a pretty big thing to do, isn't it? I mean, let's think about this. What are we doing? We're coming before the God of the universe, the one who actually can change things. And we're asking him, we're petitioning him on someone's behalf. That is no small thing. And it's not, you know, less than doing something else for somebody. You know, sometimes right. I hear people nowadays, you know, when, whenever there's some big tragedy, of course, everybody writes on the Internet and says that they send their thoughts and prayers. Now, whether that's just uh, something that people say because they don't know what else to say or if they actually are praying for them. You know, I've heard people go on there and say, oh, they're, you know, mocking people who send their prayers. And they say, well, what good are your prayers doing? Well, hey, sending, you know, praying for people is no small thing. And I don't believe that it's less than doing something else for people. I believe that it's um, very, very important. So let's pray for your friend. Heavenly Father, I, I pray for Levi's friend and uh, struggling with addiction, uh, you know, struggling with many things in his life. Lord, I thank you for Levi's heart for him and um, 
how he's concerned about him. And Lord, we just join Levi in lifting up this friend of his to you and asking you, the God of the universe, the one who knows exactly where this friend is at, what's going on in his heart, where he's, where, where he's at, what he's doing, what he's struggling with, what he's tempted with. Lord, you know him. You, you're, you know, you've got him pinpointed on your map right now. You can see him. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with that friend. I pray you'd speak to him by your spirit in his soul, even right now. And I pray that this friend wouldn't harden his heart in this moment uh, to your voice, but this friend would respond to you. Lord, I pray that you, by your strength, uh, would draw him out of this addiction. Lord, whether that's just miraculously or whether it's through bringing him into a program where he's going to be helped uh, in, you know, along the way. But Lord, I do pray for you to bring freedom, liberation, joy, and peace into this friend's life. And um, Lord, we pray that truly he would be set free from addiction, that he'd be um, in a good place in his life. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. You bet, Levi. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have all open lines and 10 minutes left in the show, so we would love to hear from you. We've probably got time for one or two more calls. If you've been wanting to call in, now's the perfect time to do so. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. 0897. Let's go over to the text line while we're waiting for the calls to come in. We have a text message asking this. Hello, was the Holocaust foretold in the Bible? Was the Holocaust foretold in the Bible? So to the best of my knowledge, it was not. I know that there are some people who believe that the Holocaust was foretold in Psalm 102. Um, but let's go over and see what Psalm 102 says and, and if that uh, is a reasonable thing uh, if that's really what it's talking about yeah I, I can see why somebody would say this might be talking about the holocaust i'll just read you a few verses um, it says hear my prayer O lord let my cry come to you do not hide my face hide your face from me in the day of my distress incline your ear to me and answer me speedily in the day when i call for my days pass away like smoke and my bones are burned like in a furnace my heart is struck down like grass and has withered, and I forget to eat my bread. And so the idea here is that um, this would be, you know, the people of Israel crying out to God, describing their situation, and asking God to um, why he's letting this happen. And then the psalm ends, it's, it, it's about halfway through the psalm, actually, a little less than halfway. It changes gears. And so it says, you know, he says in verse 11, my days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass, uh, etc. And then it says in verse 12, which is very common for a lot of Psalms, there's a shift right here. And what happens is it says, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations and you will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time of favor, it's time to favor her. The appointed time has come. So that's uh, that's very interesting. You know, it talks about later on, verse 16, the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. Um, and so the question, is this talking about the Holocaust? I'm not sure this is a prediction of the Holocaust, but I would say it absolutely applies to probably how Jewish people were feeling during the Holocaust. Um, 
And I think that's an interesting thing is that the Psalms were written um, in a way, many of the Psalms were written about specific situations or they came out of specific situations. Like clearly like some of the Psalms around 50 where David's talking about his own life. And yet they're written and they're designed in a way and of course inspired by God in a way that allows um, for them to have application for many people over thousands of years. And so um, I'm not sure that this is predicting the Holocaust, um, but it certainly applies to people who would be going through what people went through in the Holocaust. So I hope that answers your question. Let's uh, go to our next caller, Debbie in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, I have a question about, because I was listening back um, the week before Father's Day, and you had statistics. And I've heard them other places, too, about when, you know, a father is a Christian and um, is the head of the family spiritually, that the children, the percentage of children tend to stay you know, in the faith and in the church, um, than if the mother does, you yeah. know. Um, anyway, I was wondering, is there a reason for that? <laughs> or Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so what you're referring to, and uh, that's awesome that you're listening to some back episodes, and just, case, just in case anybody doesn't know, did you know that you can listen to back episodes of this show? They're all podcasted. On Apple Podcasts, you can search on your podcast engine or in your browser. Just search for oh, okay. Calvary Live Apple Podcasts, and it'll come up. And you can, you can. We have a whole archive, you know, hundreds of episodes. Oh, okay. That you can go back and you can listen to. And so, yeah. Um, what I was re referencing was a kind of like a research article that I wrote uh, on my blog, and that article is actually my most viewed article on my entire blog. It's it's. Oh you know, wow. It's, uh, thousands of views every week and uh, the article for anybody who wants to look it up or, or you know what you can also text our text line and I'll send you a link to it so here you go here's the number for that 720-336-0897 720-336-0897 I'll send you a link to this article but it was uh, referencing Lifeway research and uh, Baptist press research which showed some statistics about what happens when fathers um, attend church regularly with their family as opposed to mothers. Um, now, clearly the best is if both parents are going to church, but there is a right. statistic that says like if a family's not a Christian, but then dad becomes a Christian, what's the probability that everyone in the household will follow? And it's like really crazy. Yeah. It's 93%. And that's as opposed to like, um, if mom becomes a Christian, but dad doesn't, there's a 17% chance that the kids will uh, follow and become Christians as well. So oh you ask, why is that? Um, well, I think the answer to that is that it goes back to uh, the way that God has designed us and the way that God has ordered families to work based on design. I mean, I do think that there is a, uh, a difference in how God has designed us and designed our roles. And again, that's not a matter of value as much as it is a matter of function and role and okay. design. And so, you know, there's a reason why God calls himself a father, although there are times, right, when God associates himself with motherly qualities. And right, of course that's because we're both made in God's yeah. image. Both sexes are made in God's image. Right, and so we would even say that men alone cannot image God by themselves 
you know, comprehensively, right? They, we need right. uh, both of us in order to come together, in order to mirror who God is. Um, but there's a reason why God throughout the Bible consistently uses the word Father. Um, and there's a reason why the relationship between Jesus was the relationship between a father and a son um, okay, when Jesus yeah. was on earth. And so I would just say that I think that that's uh, a big part of it. And I think that these statistics just reflect that. You know, I was reading recently about, well, this is years ago now, but I guess recently in the big picture, right? Uh, I was reading about how in Sweden they had done some um, tests to see, you know, they're trying to figure out is gender a social construct or is it um, built into us um, innately? And so they, you know, took gender-specific language out of the homes in these kind of controlled tests but also out of the schools. So you wouldn't call your teacher miss or mister, you call them teacher. And you wouldn't call your parent mom or dad, you just call them parent. And, uh, yeah. and what they found is that um, no matter how much they tried to remove uh, gender stereotypes and gender specific language from culture and the surroundings, they never really got away from things that some certain, you know, the one sex tends to do over and against the other sex and, and so I believe that this just reflects design. And I believe that the reason why the father has such an impactful role is, is by design. Okay. Because, you know, the, it talks about Timothy, you know, because his mother and grandmother, you oh, know, yeah. taught that's, him. A, that's huge. I have an article on my blog about that, too. I'm going to have to let you go because our show's ending in 30 seconds. But okay. uh, I'll just tell you this. You're absolutely right, you know, and there are times when – Timothy's mom and grandma poured into him, and we need those godly mothers, need those godly grandmothers. It isn't to ever disparage, it's just to show, hey, fathers, you have a really, really influential role, and, uh, and go with that and let God strengthen you in it. So thanks for the call. Hey, you've All been right, listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. Um, I'll be with you next week. Turn in every day for Calvary Live, 4 to 5 p.m. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.